Carter Smith, who is co-owner and CFO of Rethink Recycling Group, which helps multinational companies find sustainable economical solutions for their waste material. Carter co-founded Rethink Recycling Group in 2008. The company also owns PureTech Plastics in East Farmingdale, New York. Prior to his role at Rethink Recycling Group, he served as CFO and as a member of the board of directors for Color Lab Cosmetics, a privately held company based in Chicago. Uh, he held this post for the last two years and played a crit crucial role in interfacing with investors and structuring private equity firm investments. Previously, Carter spent 20 years in corporate and investment banking. From 1993 to 2006, he served as managing director for Bank of America Securities, and he focused on originating and executing business for clients in the consumer products industry. He led the consumer team in Chicago and helped it become one of the top-ranked groups on Wall Street. His banking career included experience in private and public debt capital markets and equity capital raising, as well as advising corporate and private equity clients on corporate restructuring, divestitures, and acquisitions. Before joining what became Bank of America Security Securities, he worked for Barnett Bank and Toronto Dominion Bank in their corporate banking areas. He received his Bachelor of Arts degree in English from the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana and a Master's degree in Management from Kellogg School at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, thank you for having me. Good afternoon. Welcome to Chicago. Uh, pleased to be here with you at this conference. Just give you a quick background. Rethink Recycling uh, is is the owner of PureTech Plastics, which is a reclaimer and and recycler of uh, primarily uh, deposit materials, PET materials on the East Coast, uh, from across the East Coast. We're based in East Farmingdale, New York, is where our plant is, uh, but our headquarters is the holding companies here in Chicago. We see an amazing opportunity right now for PET recycling, for a lot of different reasons, which I'll go over. Um, I'm looking forward at this meeting to have the opportunity to hear what's going on in your businesses and, and what's affecting you. Um, over the last couple of years, certainly uh, since we got into this business, I've learned a lot listening to folks at APR and NAPCOR and other conferences and, and certainly experienced and witnessed and been a part of a lot of the changes that are going on in our industry. So um, we're very excited to be a part of this, very excited to be on the cusp of what we think is going to be explosive growth and the opportunity we think is right in front of us. I think in the early days of container recycling, uh, the, the, the industry was, was much more focused on aluminum and paper than it had been historically on PET, and we think that's really an emerging uh, situation, certainly in the past for economic and, and environmental reasons and, and really ease of recycling, and, and as, uh, as uh, Bill touched on the, the supply situation, um, aluminum and, and paper were... Uh, much more, much further ahead than PET historically has been, but we feel like PET is, is the next material to really explode from a recycling perspective. Uh, it, it'd be a win for the planet, a win for the consumer who's gotten much more involved, as have the brand owners, and a win for the reclaimers and the processors and the MRFs. Uh, last year alone, uh, there was a record high in, in terms of the amount of PET recycled at, at uh, 2.4 billion pounds, which is an amount that continues to expand. Uh, the, the uses of our pet continue to grow. Uh, historical markets in the carpet and fiber and strapping markets 
um, have really exploded into the into the consumer area uh, in everything from fibers for athletic gear, uh, luggage, mattresses, uh, to um, back into food and beverage containers. Um, the diversity of the product mix and the fact that those are all uh, starting to expand is a big part of why we get so excited because there's a lot of different markets that are just now uh, reaching into the use of our pet. One of the reasons it's growing is, is certainly uh, just the environmental awareness for, for the consumer perspective backed up by the science that has started, come out, started to come out. There was a study that was recently uh, announced that said that the, the, uh, the amount of energy saved but just by recycling PET and HDPE would be the equivalent of uh, enough energy to power 750,000 U.S. homes. So that's, that's sort of the kind of big news that captures headlines in today's environment and the opportunities uh, that can ride in the wake of that kind of news are pretty exciting. Uh, besides the big brand owners, big retailers like Walmart and others have announced uh, serious sustainabil sustainability initiatives for their suppliers. And then, of course, there's a lot of legislative activity around the initiative as well. So that's helped to create uh, growing demand. And then there's also uh, demand being created in new markets such as thermoforms. Really the key driver, though, is the, the push by the big brand owners who are interested in using post-consumer content in their packaging for a variety of reasons. Consumers are certainly interested in participating so that they can feel like they're doing their part, and they're putting pressure on the big brands that they know and trust uh, to incorporate recycled content into their packaging. Uh, at the same time, again, the, the legislative initiatives and what we need to do is uh, participate and do our part in converting those packages back into usable material. Take a look at what some of the big brand owners are, are saying, and I think obviously Coca-Cola uh, is here and, and went over all their initiatives uh, in great detail. Uh, and, and, you know, as Bill said, their website is up and available, and a lot of those things are ongoing. Everyone, I think, has seen the plant that they're partnered with in Spartanburg, which is committed to producing about 100 million pounds of food-grade recycled plastic. So there are a lot of exciting things going on within the world of Coca-Cola. Pepsi also has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, they, they are uh, intending to also promote uh, higher rates of beverage recycling, looking to get 50% of their containers recycled by 2018. Uh, they just announced a new initiative, which is this kiosk, which is pretty exciting. They plan to put out uh, over 3,000 of these in partnership with waste management. Uh, they believe that this kind of innovation can help them recycle at least 400 million containers annually. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing those get rolled out. And again, it's, it's all about the awareness and the brand image for companies like this. Convenience is a, is a big factor in helping the consumer, given the portability of, of PET. Um, it, it's going to be important to have portable, easy ways for consumers to, to uh, have somewhere to put their containers and, and uh, logistical stream getting those containers from things like these kiosks and the events that Bill was talking about back into the hands of, of companies like ours. Bill touched on a lot of this part as well, but uh, I was going to talk about here is how, how, do we, you know, how do we in the public spaces make sure that recycling can happen? And again, it's a matter of awareness and making it convenient for customers to take that soda bottle or water bottle or whatever they might be carrying and uh, put it somewhere where it can get put back into the stream. 
The last uh, recycling rate that, that uh, we have well measured is 2008, which is 27%. The good news in PET is that's a record high. Uh, the bad news is that's a record high. 27% uh, certainly leaves a lot of room for improvement. Uh, that year, there was almost a billion and a half pounds of material reprocessed here in the U.S., um, but there's a, a lot of room to go. Now, what's driving that improvement? Um, big increases in place, places like California, which had a 37 million pound increase. Uh, dozens of new collection programs, some of which were touched on earlier. Uh, several big new expansions in the, in the world of deposits, both new states and then notably, uh, most recently, New York and Connecticut adding water bottles to their deposit legislation, which greatly increases the supply. Uh, and uh, a lot of chatter about other states changing their deposit laws to include water if they don't already, and perhaps some other states switching over to become deposit. I think from our perspective, that's the biggest challenge, and, and Bill touched on it, and I'm sure Heidi will too, is how do we get our hands on the, the remaining 70% of, of the bottles that are out there uh, and, and turn PET into a truly sustainable material? Because the demand is, is rising at least as fast as the collections and the increases in the collections, uh, our prices are increasing from a supply perspective. Uh, that's one of our biggest challenges. Uh, last year, price of bales grew from somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 cents up to over 20, 25 cents in that range just over the course of one year. It's continued to rise over the course of 2010 with some, with some people uh, saying that uh, it may get as high as 30 cents, although it has certainly stabilized in the last few months. Um, today, because of the conversion costs that go on in taking those bales and turning them back into food grade uh, flakes and pellets in certain markets, uh, our pet is selling for higher prices than virgin, virgin PET. Uh, for us, that's exciting, uh, but we're a little bit unclear how sustainable that is. We feel like in the past, our pet was always sort of directly linked to the price of virgin PET and, and had to be at most uh, at parity with it. We've become delinked here this year. Again, uh, would love to see that be a permanent trend, but can't count on that. Um, the other thing that's, that's really changed because of some of the technology that has started to reach the U.S. in terms of the conversion technology is it's becoming less important uh, what the source of the bales is. Uh, we historically uh, to make food grade our pet it was important to have deposit grade input because it was such a cleaner stream but now there's there are certainly ways to make the curbside bales uh, clean enough to be used for food grade uh, applications and that in conjunction with some of the initiatives that are going on on the collection side is exciting from our perspective the graph did not make it in, so I'll just talk to this. Sorry about that. Um, but the, the point here was that uh, the important thing going forward is going to be from the bale, um, having the MRFs and, and the collection agents and the sorters really focus on what is the yield, the PET yield from a bale. Uh, right now we pay about 25% more for a deposit bale than a curbside bale. Uh, but as again, as the technology changes, uh, and hopefully the sortation uh, technology gets more efficient, we would expect to see that spread change and, and uh, shrink. 
because of the demand initiatives primarily and because of the size of the companies that are driving a lot of that demand initiative, we expect to see um, over 250 million pounds of new conversion capacity put into the U.S. this year. It's going to be important um, as that comes online uh, for more of the current supply and hopefully growing supply to stay in the U.S. Currently, uh, as much as 40% of the supply goes to China. Uh, primarily off the West Coast because that's where it's logistically more economical to do. But uh, there's simply not the reclamation capacity in the U.S. right now to keep track even of the material that is there, and it's important to have that stream and keep the material moving, and, and, and right now China can take it. It's going to be important as this new capacity goes online to keep that supply in the United States to keep these plants full. Um, we also expect... Uh, besides in 2011, we expect uh, clearly in 2012 and 13 more capacity to come online. The other good message, I think, timing-wise that can go along with that uh, and keeping that material here is besides the sustainability environmental impact and messaging that can go along with that, if we can keep that supply here and continue to open new plants in the United States, there's a good greens job message that can go uh, with that as, as each of these plants creates 50 to 70 new jobs, uh, depending on how many shifts are run, and, and obviously that's a good message in today's world. Uh, one of the new uh, emerging sources of supply that we're excited about that uh, is starting to come online is thermal forms. The bottle, the bottle has been the, the traditional source of supply, and, and even that, again, at 27% is just underway. But thermal forms, we think, will be an exciting new source of supply that is just starting to come on. Um, right now, equipment suppliers and the washers are working with how to handle and sort and reclaim and, and, and uh, separate and wash this material. Uh, APR and NAPCOR are hard at work uh, on initiatives to help the MRFs recognize and sort this material and, and grow the awareness there. It's typically not as brand-oriented as, as the bottles would be, uh, but the thermoformers are getting the same sort of pressure from legislative uh, initiatives and folks like Walmart to make sure that their packaging is sustainable so uh, they have a lot of the same incentives as the big brand owners do. So we are active in helping the collectors uh, spend, some, spend time searching out uh, and, and making sure that there's ways to sort through this material as well and we're excited about that as a new source of supply. It's very small today but we th again we think it'll be a big trend in the future. I think to, uh, you know, the analogy that we're excited about, I, I'm sure many of you have seen the book, uh, 212, The Extra Degree. We feel like we're at 211 degrees in PET right now. And if we can just get it to that last degree, we can turn it from hot water that can do some damage to boil that, that can really drive an engine. Uh, we really think it's an exciting time. It's a time that can really make a difference in our industry uh, and your industry as all this comes together. So... Uh, again, we're very excited about what the future holds, the near future and the long-term future, uh, with regard to uh, getting the big brand owners what they need in terms of high-quality RPET uh, and uh, getting thermoforms as a new source of supply uh, and getting those plants built to uh, convert that supply into the RPET. So uh, we're excited. We look forward to uh, learning more about what's going on in your industry, and, and thank you for your time.